I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast formerly known as the Iwaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Arlene Camille is a producer, TV host, speaker, and purpose coach. She assists faith-driven women with discovering and creating a lifestyle of purpose by using her own experience of playing it safe to intentionally now pursuing a purpose-filled life in media and on stages daily. Arlene guides her audience to a more rewarding and fulfilling life of purpose because she knows what it feels like to endure abuse, neglect, rejection, abandonment, And to wake up empty every day, just going through the motions and routines of life. But she also knows the beauty of freedom and joy and turning all of that pain and past traumas into great achievements and your life's greatest work, which becomes your legacy. So please welcome to the show, Erlene Camille. Hi, such a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thank you for saying yes and agreeing to come on and share your healing journey with us. Of course, of course. It's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I already feel connected to you, connected to your audience. And of course, (laughs) I'm hailing all the way from the Bahamas. So I hope you all get all the sunshine. Yeah, yeah hopefully the I'm today. hoping that the sun is shining very heavy over there today because we've been having rain for the past how many days? Mm, it's been off and on here too, you know, but I'm still I'm sure it's still very warm here though compared to yeah. what it what, yeah. what what is the weather like there? What are the degree which degrees um, are you? So I so we are in the Celsius and mm-hmm. it is twenty three. Mm, yeah, what is twenty three degrees? Okay. Mm-hmm, not too mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> okay, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Yes. So you and I first uh, connected. You were here um, in Canada for mm-hmm. a conference, and you were speaking at the conference. I was speaking on a panel at the conference. And um, like we were saying before we got on the recording, you know, sometimes we connect with people, and you never know where it's going to go. And yeah. 
I'm, I don't know what the word is, but I used to be very particular um, mm. about even how many people I followed um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, <laughs> you know, I, I love to connect with like-minded people. I love to connect with people that inspire me, people that I can learn from. So there may be some people that I even know that I don't follow on Instagram. To me, it's it's really about what feeds my spirit. And I connected with you on Instagram and mm. I knew that there was a story there. And wow. I, I, <laughs> I'm excited to jump in for you to share uh, more about your journey, but just to give the listeners a little bit of a, a backstory right. um, of, of how we connected. Wow. Wow. That, that even blesses me because it's just confirmation of so many things that, um, you know, has already been released and spoken over me. So you have been the gateway to, (laughs) yeah, just what God is doing next in my life. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I am honored and thank you. And I always say to people like, you know, when they, they talk about, um, whether it be an opportunity or them being on the show, anything like that, like, I am just a vessel. Even when it comes to sometimes the words that I say, I'm like, I'm just the messenger. It's it's not me. You know, I'm I'm allowing God to use me. And in the process, it's been a beautiful journey. Um, yeah. not only getting to know the people that I've had on the show on a deeper level, but just it's been cathartic. It's been it's mm. been healing for myself, the guests, the listeners. Um, so I'm just grateful for all these conversations that I get to have because mm-hmm. they have been a true blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you're blessing us too. So hey, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get to where you are presently, mm-hmm. let's get into uh where things began. Let's get, you know, to the very beginning. And mm-hmm. I would love to know, you know, before culture or society, or maybe even your parents or guardians, you know, tried to shape who you were. I would love to know what you wanted to be as a little girl. Cause I feel like, you know, children's imaginations are, um, you know, so free and mm-hmm. before the world starts to place the limitations. Um, so I would love to know what you wanted to be as a little girl and, you know, what your aspirations were and what you were like as a teenager. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, as a little girl, I actually first wanted to be um, like a counselor, like a psychologist to help children, to help children. Um, and then that turned into eventually that turned into wanting to be a vet to help pets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I always had this desire to help and save. <laughs> yeah. And then as a teenager, I actually was not the happiest teenager because by that time I had already experienced um, abuse in um yeah, by the hands of a cousin, and then was experiencing neglect in my home, neglect mm. and you know, a lot of other stuff. So unfortunately, I wasn't the happiest teenager. However, I had beautiful friends who had really supportive homes. So I still was able to enjoy life outside of my home. Mm. Yeah. And I love that although you've had um, you know, rough uh, I guess family experiences. Mm-hmm. You found a safe space and community in friends outside of that, so that you weren't jaded by the world. You know, sometimes people experience things um, in their childhood, and mm-hmm. it's almost like they're. It kind of becomes like a, a blockage where they can't have healthy relationships outside mm-hmm. of that. You know, they're they're unable to heal from that. 
Right. So having experienced abuse and neglect as a child, where now do you feel safest expressing your emotions? Oh, wow. I express them everywhere (laughs) because I've gotten freedom from my story. And I believe now that because I was able to heal and achieve that level of freedom, I tell everyone because Mm -hmm. I want people to understand that even though your life looks this way, it can be this way. And I want, um, you know, people to know that they're not alone with what they're going through. And also that we don't always look like what we've been through. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I share them whenever I have the opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) And and I love that you spoke to, you know, not necessarily looking like what you've been through. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you look beautiful, vibrant, uh, happy. Um, So I guess for those that are listening, because I know that Okay, so you and I have shared our story on multiple platforms. We're comfortable with sharing our story. We're comfortable mm-hmm. with being vulnerable and transparent about our experiences because we've seen the transformation and the mm-hmm. rewards that come from that, the blessings that come from that. Right. But there are many people that struggle with sharing their story, with being as open. So what advice would you give to a woman that's listening right now that is mm-hmm. afraid to share her story? Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I would say is to figure out where you feel safe and then go to that safe space, that safe person. And that's where you share it mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be because you, you, you're going there um, and you're going to be able to release your voice, you know, let your voice be heard and prayerfully that other person will be able to receive that information and speak things over you and into you that you need to hear at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say also that we don't realize that our Heavenly Father is always listening. He's always there. Mm-hmm. I would even say, say it out loud to him. Yeah. Even though he knew that it happened to you, say it out loud to him. He can give you comfort and peace that nobody else can. Mm-hmm. And say it to yourself too. Say it to yourself and tell, and, and then when you release it and say it to yourself, you're able to face it. And then you're able to speak back over yourself to say, this should not have happened. I'm sorry yeah. that this happened to you. I know during my healing journey um, with um, relating to the sexual abuse, that's uh, my journey started in my mid twenties. I was able to write a letter to my young self. And at the mm-hmm. time I called her Camille because my middle name is actually Camille. So okay. Erlene Camille, right. Yeah. I was able to write a letter to Camille and I didn't give it to anybody. I just wrote it to, to my, to, you know, I didn't share it with anyone. I wrote it to myself and then I kind of, I burned it afterwards. I yeah. burned it afterwards, but I at least released everything. And I was able to tell myself the, the type of environment I deserved, the type of support I deserved and say, sorry, sorry, but still it's okay. This Mm -hmm. is the type of life you're building. You're now an adult. Nobody can ever touch you and hurt you that way. Mm -hmm. So yes. So go to a safe space, speak to your heavenly father, and then you, you try to face it on your own and yeah, start to speak to yourself on your own. You made some great points there. Um, Some things that I want to highlight for anyone who's listening in case they missed it. One, where you said to to share it with someone where you feel safe, in a safe space. 
I think that's extremely important because oftentimes, you know, someone is going through something and they just need to like let it out. And I've seen people use, you know, Facebook or social media as like yeah. a personal diary where they write it all, um, where they kind of overshare, but then they end up being more hurt because it's not necessarily a safe space. You know, there's people with their thoughts and opinions and beliefs or unhealthy ways of communicating that may say something to make that, that worse. So I think it's important to, like you said, share it where you feel safe first. And then of course, um, you know, give it to God always. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Always, always listening. But what you said about, writing it down. I think that we underestimate the importance and the significance of Mm -hmm. just that expression, that releasing. Nobody else needs to see it. Nobody else needs to even know that it exists. You know, you burned yours. It's just getting it out. You're Mm -hmm. expressing what's inside because when we suppress our emotions and we tuck everything down, then that's how we end up with the depression and all those other things. And our body is listening to everything going on in yes, the mind yes, and yes. all of that toxicity and negativity and the things that we're holding on to starts to affect our health. And then we wonder, you know, why we're coming down with these diseases and sicknesses because it's a body that's in dis-ease. It, it hasn't yes. been able to, to release and process the emotions. It's suppressed emotions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I love, you know, the idea of journaling it and, and writing it down if they don't feel safe sharing it publicly. Right, right. And it's like you're validating the fact that this happened to you. Like Mm -hmm. nobody else has to do that for you. You know that it happened. This is your truth and stand in your truth. I will say that I was fortunate in the way that, I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's weird to use the word fortunate, but I still felt like I was fortunate because my twin brother, um, I was five years old. It is a pretty sad story, um, but thankfully, you know, I'm, I've, I've gotten freedom from it. My twin brother was actually in the room and he tried to stop the older cousin that was doing this. Mm-hmm. So he was able, when I went through my healing journey, he was able to confirm that this did happen to wow. you. Mm-hmm. This did happen to you. Again, it's very, it's a sad story, but... I always try to find the positive and someone else was able to validate that for me as well mm-hmm. without it, without the public knowing, without anybody else knowing that was something between me and him. Right. And I'm sorry that you even had to experience that. But like you said, you are fortunate where you had another person to validate your experiences because mm-hmm. I know many people that have been sexually abused and because the abuser denies the claims and then society wants to, you know, protect abusers and there's further victim blame. It's almost like they start to question, did this really happen? Is it in my head? Was it just me? Yeah. So, you know, you were able to have that confirmation and that validation Mm -hmm. that your experience Mm -hmm. was very real. It happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Wow. What are some, I guess, what are some ways that society or culture or even the environment that you were raised in shaped your identity? In most ways, <laughs> my immediate environment told me what not to do. <laughs> I'm a mother. And so I was able to learn very early on, I'm not going to do with my that with my children, but I will do this with my children. Mm-hmm. So my immediate environment, um, that's the lessons that I got from that. 
Um, but again, I had beautiful friends with great families and they took me in. They took such good care of me. So I was able to watch like my first best friend, her mother and the way that she was so nurturing and she was so sweet and she created this like the best environment for them. And then she took me in, you know, mm-hmm. even as simple as drives for ice cream or um, just the little things she did around the house for them and just building them up constantly, constantly. So she actually, and I've told her thank you several times, several mm-hmm. times throughout like my lifetime. Like you don't realize what you did to me, but um, did for me, but this is what you did for me. Like my children are better because of you. So I somehow, I didn't realize it at the time because I was very young, but I, I clearly was in their homes and I was studying mm-hmm. and watching how they were moving and how they were interacting because I knew what I had, the examples that I had at home mm-hmm. wasn't like, it, I didn't understand it fully, but I knew that this isn't right. Something right. should be different. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You were, you were blessed with a alternate representation of what yes, family looks girl. like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yes. those of us that were raised in unhealthy environments, that's all we know, right? So yeah. we continue yeah. throughout our life and in our early relationships being that way because we quote unquote think it's normal. But there's so many things that, whether it be, you know, in different cultures or um, countries that are considered normal that are either traumatic or um, unhealthy or toxic, but you had a healthy example of mm-hmm. what family looks like something, you know, that's why they say representation is important because if you didn't yeah, have yeah. that, then you wouldn't know the difference, right? That there was something different. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I released a blog, I think in like 2019 and the name of it was, I was always connected. I believe that, that was God's way of having his hand on me, ensuring mm-hmm. that I still had people around me to protect me because the level of freedom I had at my age, like I, I could have come and go if I wanted to. I didn't have to go to school. Like it felt like nobody cared. Mm-hmm. There were so many things I could have gotten involved in that I did not because of these other healthy environments. So mm-hmm. I believe that was God's way of protecting me and making sure that I had somewhere safe to go. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that for you. And I love that you, you had that. And I'm someone who truly believes like family isn't always necessarily, you know, your blood relatives. There are many of us that have found uh, connection and community and created families that have been much healthier for us (laughs) outside of (laughs) our our blood relatives. Mm -hmm. So I guess what lessons have you learned about having a healthy relationship with yourself? With myself? Mm-hmm. Mm. The first thing that came to mind was a time just always making the time to sit with myself, to hear my heart, um, to just get fully engulfed in identity and legacy and like what I want for my children and my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So that time with self is the first thing, you know, that mm-hmm. came to mind. Wow. That's big. And the reason why I say that's big is over the years between, you know, the, the podcast or people that I've coached or just conversations that I've had, it's like there is not enough people that 
spend enough time alone getting to know themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, society, especially, you know, in this day and age with cell phones and social media, everyone is so engulfed in other people's lives, what other people are doing, how they're living, how they're feeling, and not paying enough attention to themselves. And if we all took the time to get to know ourselves the way that we get to know other people, the world mm-hmm. would actually be a much better place because mm-hmm. we wouldn't be trying to compare ourselves. We would know our own values. We would know our purpose. We would know, you know, what's important to us and not be trying to compare, you know, to, to other people. And I feel like when you know who you are, whose you yes. are, when yes. you know what you want for yourself, your desires that you have for your life, your vision that you have for your family, those things are so important because when we don't know, we we get <laughs> whatever life gives us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, there's no, it's like there's no instruction, no rule book, no nothing that we've put out there. We haven't, we're not really asking God for anything. We haven't taken the time to get to know ourselves and what we want, um, that vision for, for our life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those are the mockers. Those are the why. So even if life is going crazy, if you have those mockers, if you have that foundation, you pull it back in and the peace Mm -hmm. returns, the joy returns, all those things return. And then you find that balance. You can breathe and be refueled. Yes. Start again, you know, yeah. or, and when I say start again, I mean, like pick back up where you left off. Yeah. But I, I am a purpose coach, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and the first tier of connecting to purpose is spending time with self, mm-hmm. spending time with self, getting to mm-hmm. know self. And then of course that leads us to who our maker is. And when you connect with the next step, connecting with your maker, then he reveals who you really are. Yeah. And as you connect with identity, it points you directly to purpose. Yeah. So spending time with self is so, so, so important. Yeah. I agree with you. A thousand percent. Um, okay. So give us the, uh, well, in Canada, we call it Coles notes. I, I think Americans told me what was the name they used? Well, now I can't remember, but <laughs> I guess the, the summary of how you got to where you are today. <laughs> Tell summary, us your story. Okay. okay. Well, as you mentioned, um, you know, childhood trauma, um, actually rejection from um, in, in my home and ending up pregnant at 19, but being the best mother that I could be. Mm-hmm. Beautiful mother, and I mean, and beautiful relationship. So I still did well, even though that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up getting married, of course, young and having more children young, and life seemed to be okay. And then a divorce happened. And also, I lost um, a very close family member from suicide. Wow. So those two wow. things happened simultaneously, mm-hmm. right? And then life goes haywire. And the balanced person I was, was feeling so much pain, which felt like whatever I would have been going through as a child. So I kind of reverted back to whatever my survivor instincts were. Mm -hmm. And that was to shut down, not feel, and then live my best life. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> and that was socially. Yeah. So I started to live my best life socially. Um, of course, still was responsible as far as working and taking care of the bills, but I wasn't feeling, I wasn't dealing, and I disconnected from my core. Because if mm-hmm. you are not allowing yourself to feel love, feel emotions, connect. Yeah, you're, you're you're not being yourself. Right. So I disconnected from my core, but still was having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like God let me be. He let me be for about five years. And then he was like, no, enough is enough. Come, mm-hmm. come, come. And he does that in different ways. I do believe it happened for me this way. I went out um, one evening and ended up in a car accident on my way home. Oh, wow. Um, Yes, yes. Like I said, it happens for different people in different ways. But I do, yeah. Um, I know that's questionable what I just said, but that's what's in my heart. So I'm going to release what is in my heart. And that slowed me down. Um, That gave me a reality check. Um, It affected my finances because it affected my job. Um, cracked ribs, concussion, all that stuff. It was pretty bad. In fact, the police had told my brother that I was lucky to survive because it was a really bad accident. They've seen accidents that weren't that bad and people did not survive. Wow. So then God takes me on this journey of, again, slowing me down, um, making me need, need a little bit more um, financially and all these different kind of things. And I started to um, started to to check myself. You were, you know, like socially, that's not working anymore. Everything is is coming up to the surface, coming up to the surface. And then I'm realizing, okay, I need to be restored. Like I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I, I feel unfulfilled. I feel like there's more. I feel like I'm out of whack because again, I wasn't connected to my core. So I've said a prayer like a few months later, Father, restore me back to the person that I was before the world touched me in any way. And that would have been the before that would have been zero to five years, basically, because, mm-hmm. I, again, I recognize I wasn't me. I wasn't connected to my core. So I submitted sincerely to him. And that started a beautiful journey of becoming self more self-aware of how all of the things in the past, the abuse, the divorce, all those things affected how I was showing up in my life at that time, how I was responding to people in business, in pers- at, at work, in personal relationships, all those things. And yeah, that's how, how it all started how it all started. And then again, spending time with myself, spending time with him and discovering my gifts. He actually connected me to a production where I got the lead role in a play. This nice. was um, the lead role was a lady. She was married, beautiful. She, yeah, again, the be- beautiful story. She was married. She had like the picture perfect life, but she could not have a child. Mm. So, I was disconnected from my emotions. So he used this character that I had to connect with. She was a loving wife, but again, she was mourning and grieving because she could not give birth. Each time she would have this child, she would, you know, lose, lose the baby. So God uses anything to connect us 
to mm-hmm. what he wants to connect us to. So mm-hmm. I was connecting back to my emotions. I was crying again. I went like five years without shedding a tear. Wow. A human? Like, wow. who does that? <laughs> yeah. Right? So I connected with the gift of acting. Um, and then as I started to, again, spend time with myself, spend time with him, then other gifts started emerging and positive desires started emerging. And then I started connecting the dots of these natural behaviors that I carried all my life that were connected to purpose, mm-hmm. like speaking over people, building them up and connecting in conversation. Like we connected well, even before we started, right? Yeah. <laughs> And my compassion for people. And as I connected with those natural gifts, became aware of those natural behaviors and paid attention to the positive desires, the healing journey continued through um, Mm self-awareness, through making decisions on being better once things, once I became aware of things. Mm -hmm. And then this deeper, deeper um, process of healing and connecting and it just continued to unfold. And then I became ready to share my story. And that's when things took off, finding the freedom in my process, in my journey, and then purpose unfolded. Wow. Wow. That was a lot. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't apologize at all. I'm, I'm just thinking what, what, I have so many questions about what you said. So I'm like, okay, where do I want to start? Like, I want to unpack some of that. You know, the, the, I guess I'll start with you. Okay. So you became a mother at 19 mm-hmm. and I have so many questions. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I know I said a lot. <laughs> Even I was confusing myself. I'm like, early. No, no, I was following along. I was totally following along. It's I have so many questions. It's like I probably should have been writing them down as you were talking because my brain now was like, mm-hmm. okay, which one to ask first? And then it's going all over the place. Okay. So you became a mom at 19. As a young mom, and then mm-hmm. so sorry, how many children do you have? Uh-oh. Can you okay, I can hear you now. We just froze. I can yeah, hear you, you now. For a second. You were gonna That's say a, Yeah. How yeah. many how many children so do you have? Became a young So I have my oldest, I I have three twins. Okay. Oh wow. So after the oldest, I had twins. And I'm a twin. Wow. So I have three, 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 three adult children, actually. Okay. Three adult children. They're grown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I've got a, adult children as well. Three as well. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, we have yeah. so much in common. Yes, and I had wow. my first child at seventeen. <laughs> wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. So this is I why guess we connected. So yes. Well. <laughs> this is why God has sent you to me. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. We have a lot in common. We have a lot in common. So I guess I was going to ask, like, as a young mom, how did motherhood change you? Mm, Oh, wow. It gave me so much fulfillment. I remember before my daughter was born, I remember waking up and looking out of the window and just always feeling empty because I didn't have, I didn't have good support. I didn't have love. I, I remember saying, if your mother doesn't love you, no one will love you. And I went through my teenage years feeling that way. Wow. So I know that the world looked at me, they probably scorned me, you know, because I was a teenager and I got married after, after I had her, but it was, it felt beautiful to me. I was, I was ready. I embraced it. 
Mm-hmm. And her name is Des- Destin. So I, I believe it. she was destined to be. I love it. Love it. Beautiful. So I guess because our parents and our caregivers are often our loudest fans or critics, um, if you grew up where you felt neglect, where did you receive your praise from? Nowhere. Wow. Nowhere. I, my, my twin brother always was supportive of me. I knew that he went to a friend's house. So I kind of like left him at home. <laughs> he probably mm. felt like I abandoned him. <laughs> um, but in those, in those spaces, I was cared for, but I wasn't spoken over or directly poured into. Mm-hmm. So I did not get that. I did not get that. And I do think that's why I looked for it elsewhere in, in romantic relationships. Yeah, that, that would have been my Which next question. <laughs> that, yeah. Like yeah. how, I guess, how are you compensating for what you didn't get while growing up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, then that's probably um, the reason why I connected with that, with that person, the father of my first child. Mm-hmm. And he was about four years older than me. So I would have been 18 and he was probably about 23, 23. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that ended up being an abusive relationship. So mm-hmm. um, when she was about three months, I, I had to leave. I had to go to court, to the courts and um, we call it here bound, bound the person over the piece. Yeah. It was a very, yeah, it was a very abusive, abusive relationship. So wow. I'm sorry you had to experience that. Like, I, I know the effects that those things can have on anyone, like moving forward in their life. But you have managed to, you know, build a business and raise beautiful children and do all of those things. Like, what habits would you say you are most proud of that led to the positive changes in your life? Hmm. That's a very good question. <laughs> Which habits? I think um, the ability to, no matter what's going on, to continue to move forward, mm-hmm. even if I am feeling bad about um, guilt, like in any way, just any bad feelings, and I just, I just kept moving. I just kept moving. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing that came to mind just now. Okay. I guess before we go to the final segment of the show, I'd love if you could tell the listeners where they could stay connected with you to learn more from you and about you. Mm -hmm. Of course, I would love to connect with your listeners. They can actually um, jump onto my website, Erlene, www, let me say that over. (laughs) I'd love to connect with your listeners. They can actually follow me on all of the social media sites at Erlene Camille. Should I spell it or? Yep, sure. Okay. At Erlene Camille, E-A-R-L-E-N-E-C-A-M-I-E-L-L-E. Also on LinkedIn. And then also my website, www.erlenecamille.com. I am a purpose coach and I do have a 12 week program where I assist people. I I, I guide them through connecting, securing and starting a life of purpose. 
And um, I would love to extend a 15% discount to your listeners and they can redeem that um, on, on the website, www.earleencamille.com slash free gift. And I would love to, you know, work with the woman that is searching for ways to live a more meaningful and purpose-filled life or the woman that is moving around and feeling empty and unfulfilled. Um, and even the woman that is feeling like there's something bigger and greater out there for her. Mm, I love that. I love that opportunity. I will definitely have all of the links to your website and your social in the detailed section of the episode so they can just click and connect directly. They don't have to search too far. Right. Thank you. Great. You're welcome. You're welcome. So the final segment of the show is kind of like a rapid fire. You can answer one word or one sentence. Um, I am a bit of a rebel. So if you feel to break the rules, Uh you need to to unpack, you're more than welcome to do so. (laughs) One word, one sentence. Let me brace myself. (laughs) I'm in ready position. (laughs) All right. First question. When and where are you the happiest? With my children. Mm, love it. Okay. What what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? When I feel like I have not been as productive as I should have been. When procrastination takes over. Mm. Okay. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received happened in my 20s when I was told that they don't need a reason not to like you. They cannot like the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look. They can just decide not to like you. So don't focus on that. I love that. Okay. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Okay. The worst revi- the worst advice I received um, was actually from someone who loved me and someone who was mentoring me. I was about to launch a program and the step that I wanted to take was kind of bigger than what they could see happening. So mm-hmm. they discouraged me and told me, no, don't do that. Do this. What is something that most people value, but you don't? I'm going to say validation from others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm validation from others. I think because I've gotten to the point where it's not necessary, mm-hmm. you know, affirming someone is one thing, but kind of looking for validation from others is, is not advised in my opinion. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. Mm. Don't drop the mic. Mm. By T.D. Jakes. <laughs> yes, yes. Love it. Okay. Last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Spend time with themselves and yeah. support and speak over the other women in their lives that they know that they can learn and grow from. Mm. I love that. And that I think that is so important. You know, I, I think from young, we've been conditioned and programmed to compete with other women when we can do so much more together and edifying each other and lifting each other up and giving each other opportunities. You know, it it only adds to our blessings. Yes, yes, definitely. And you, you, you're doing that for me today, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, Erlene, thank you for sharing your story with us, for sharing all of your gems with us. I know this episode is going to be fruitful for those that are listening. 
And, you know, we definitely have to to do a part two, but just thank you. And I hope that we can stay connected. And if there is any way that I can add value to anything that you are doing, I'd be more than happy to help. Mm, thank you so much. You are, you have already added a lot of value and I do look forward to um, the second ep- episode because <laughs> we were, we were challenged today with some technical difficulties, <laughs> but we pushed through because yes. this, ha- this connection had to happen and <laughs> of the words that were released had to happen as well. And I will do the same, the same for you. I'm in the Bahamas. So we're going to get you down here on yes. Journey TV one day. Um, and before that, that probably happens, we'll connect and do something virtually as well. So I am supporting you and I am cheering for you. You're a, you're a beautiful soul. Thank you so much. Thank you, Arlene, and you too. And I'm I'm excited for what is next for you, what is next for us. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, all of the healers out there that are listening, we want to hear what resonated with you. We want to hear, you know, what part of Arlene's story touched you. Um, how, it, you know, it may have been similar to yours or any aha moments that you may have had, feel free to screenshot this episode and you can tag Erlene on Instagram at Erlene Camille. You can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to share this episode with at least three friends that need to hear Erlene's story. Um, you know, I, I, I'm super grateful and I don't take for granted those of you that tune in each week to help the show rank globally in the top 1.5% most popular shows. And there are over 3 million podcasts out there. And I'm just over here in my little corner of the world being the introvert inside of my home, (laughs) recording these amazing, amazing conversations. So I just want to thank all of the listeners. A healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. So let's continue to heal her.